And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, and this is Group Therapy, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. We get together as an editorial staff once a week and talk about what's going on here in Livingston Parish. I am joined by my fellow editors. We are going to start on the viewer's right. Hey, this is David Gray, Lifestyle Editor with the Livingston Parish News. And on my left. Hey, this is Rob DeArmond, Sports Editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And again, I am McHugh David. We appreciate you guys joining us today. Covering my end real quick, just want to let people know uh, we did a two podcasts last week. Uh, sat down with Mayor Gerard Landry from City of Denham Springs as well as Mayor, it's strange to say, Jonathan Taylor from the town of Livingston. Lots of good information from them. The city of Denver Springs is doing their first acquisition through the Hazard Mitigation Grant Program, and the town of Livingston is kind of looking towards their future growth. They kind of figure they're going to be the third uh, city, town. They're a town right now, hoping to be a city soon, but they're on I-12, poised for growth. Lots of good information there. Suggest you guys go check that out. www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast. So we are getting into summer. Uh, the official first day of summer was last week or this week? Was it this uh, week? I always consider it the first day of June. So, I mean, that's yeah, just me. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just, exactly. it's the summer months. So well, the summer June, months, yeah. the summer months around here begin when you have that first hurricane scare. And we, yeah. we, we had a, a tropical storm sort of flow through Claudette. Thankfully, we didn't have uh, as bad a time as some people did. Of course, those rains persisted all the way through South Carolina. Uh, but we are getting into uh, some interesting times. We talked earlier about the dog days, which are coming up in about a month. Uh, and there's something that's going on around then. So, Rob, why don't you fill us in on that? Yeah, uh, I talked with uh, Andy McLean, the, the track and cross-country coach at Denham Springs High. Uh, they are partnering with uh, the Lachane Running Club to host the Dog Days of Summer. Uh, it's going to be a, a one-mile fun run and 5K. It's August the 7th. It sounds like it's a ways off. But uh, the reason we're talking about it now is because uh, Sunday uh, is the final day for early registration on that uh you can check it out on their facebook page um quite literally when i talked to coach mclean uh they're calling it the dog days of summer so uh it kind of said how this come about and he literally said lachane in french is the dog so then uh kind of got some help on that and he kind of expanded on that so he literally looked up when the dog days of summer are and he said it's the Final two weeks of July uh, to the final two weeks, the week and a half of August, which would be legitimately the dog days of August. Uh, oh. That is that is taking it quite literally, but uh, that's uh, they're going to follow the uh, the route that they've had, uh, you know, along River Road. Uh, so for the 5K, he said it should be, you know, the, the trees are there, so it should be well shaded for, for people who are running. You I was don't, about to say, are yeah. they going to start at 5 a.m.? Uh, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, 7.30 for the one-mile uh, fun run and 8, 8 a.m. for the, the 5K. Yeah. Um, and they'll have, after afterwards, there'll be, a uh, I guess, a party at Lachane Brewing. That's an extra $10 on your uh, registration fee, and they'll have jambalaya and... Uh, you know, it should be a good time. Uh, proceeds after the, I guess, the administrative type fees that they have, everything else is going to go toward the Denham Springs uh, High Cross Country Program. Cool. So, so yeah, uh, they've they had a lot of new success last year, and of course, uh, big news, and, and it will affect the cross country team too. Uh, the millage was renewed, and they're going to have new facilities, so Correct. that track 
uh, on campus will be helpful. We expect um, those bids and things to go out uh, sometime over the summer. I know they wanted to start that as quickly as possible. And, and you know Coach McLean has been big on that since he took over the program. Sure. Uh, I think it was almost immediately he said, here's here's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, here's my plan. And, and it's uh, it's starting to come to life now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we and we had all those coaches come in here during that time uh, when leading up to the vote. Uh, you can go check those out at www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast. So. Getting into to the uh, one other thing uh, before we head over to David. We're going to be getting out quick today, folks, because these guys are going to be going to 7-on-7. Seven seven. Uh, our budding photographer on the right, sports mm. editor on the left. Uh, but first, we want to talk about, actually, our uh, front office uh, lady's grandson. Uh, had quite, quite a, an eventful uh, baseball season this year. Uh, some of you may have heard of Ben McDonald. Well, his son uh, has won a national championship. So tell us about that. I uh, had a great, great conversation with Jace McDonald last week. Uh, you know, if, if you guys don't remember, uh, you know, he was at Denham Springs his senior year. Uh, and and I, I took it all the way back to his senior year because it's been a while since I talked to him. And, uh, you know, he, he had an injury there, some forearm tightness. So when they, he only got two starts as a senior. At Denham Springs High, he goes into LSU Eunice, uh, working in a in a fall scrimmage, and he tears his UCL. Cool. Uh, which for for folks who don't know, that's the, the Tommy John surgery. Uh, and so, uh, it, he was really great about just talking about. Uh, it, as a pitcher, he said it's one of those things when you look it up, you start looking it up. Because sometimes it's not uh, if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So he said he remembers throwing it. He said it was curveball, and uh, when when you you know you read up and you you see what it's going to feel like. And he said the the ring finger and the the pinky finger go numb, and there's a pop. And he said I kind of knew what I did. So that he goes back to the dugout and and Coach Willis, Jeff Willis, the head coach there at LSU, Eunice comes in. And he's kind of you know chewing him out for for having a, a bad outing. He said the whole time I'm sitting there thinking about my elbow. <laughs> And you kind of want to go, uh, I hope that's not what I did, but I'm pretty sure that's what I did. Said he went out and threw two warm-up pitches and couldn't even make it to the plate, and he threw the ball to the pitching coach, uh, Alan Orgain, and said, I'm done. So, uh, you know, you know, they were like, you don't know. He's like, I've been reading up on it. I know what it is. And so then, you know, you go through the rehab process of trying to get back. And, you know, he said the first time, you know, that you're on a strict pitch count, and he said the first time he got out, it was 15 pitches. You know, so that's and that's how you work. You know, he said you you want to go ahead and you're feeling good, you're feeling great, and you just want to kind of let loose, and you, you then you sit back and think, and go, uh, you know, these doctors have done this thousands of times, so they know what they're doing. So you, you got to kind of listen to them and take it, take your paces at that, and get to that point. And you know, this this year for him, he's he settled into a relief role mainly for him. He got one start. Uh, and but he said that was the change for him was settling into that relief role because he'd been a starter the the whole time. Um, but as they get they get into the uh, the series the championship series and then that first game they wind up losing. But they bring him in in relief and he pitches you know three and a third innings. But you know like you said at that time it's just like hey just bullpen we we need to get you through. So he said you you know you, you, he he references Coach Willis told him a story about you know the geese you've got. They fly in a V formation, so you've got one guy leading the pack at the front, and then you got folks in the back. You know, the, the geese in the back are, are honking, carrying them on. Right. So he said, "You learn how to be that. You know, you can be the lead guy, or you can be the honker. You know. So huh. 
And that's so I, I literally I said, so that's a it's a role reversal, a role change for you. He said, yeah, but, you know, he said, I worked that three and a third innings and, and I knew I was done. I, I knew I wouldn't probably pitch the rest of that World Series. So I went from being that lead that lead guy in the pack to, you know, the best honker in the dugout is in. To me, that's uh, just sums up what it's like to to play a team sport, be part of a team. You you learn your role, you you fit into it, and that, that's exactly what you know. Jason, and I talked about was like changing that role, but then accepting that role and saying, okay, this is how I fit on the on, on this team. And right now, he's uh, when I talk to him, he's in St. Louis, kind of working on on the pitching. He said it never stops, you know, sure. especially when you're at at LSU Eunice. He said we 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 don't kind of talk about repeating or you know. Uh, back-to-back championships because every year is different you know so we we just kind of want to reset it and go okay here we know we know where we want to go and that's as a program they've done it for a long time i think that was their seventh one yeah uh and they've all been very recent last 20 years huh yes yes so and they've established that you know yeah and and so that's that's it was it was just great i mean literally we 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 talked to you know you look down the tape recorders like man we just talked for 45 minutes and it was it was just one of those deals where I said this was it may take me a while to write it but it's going to be easy to write because it was just a, just an excellent conversation and I, like I told Jason I said we got to do this again because it, yeah. was, it was just really cool to sit down with him and talk yeah so uh, big big year for them and he's hoping to participate I'm sure a little more uh next year right so uh thank you sir appreciate sure. it sure and uh moving on to Mr. David Gray over here before we get into the boring news stuff, uh, let's let's cover the real quick that the Arts Council, now that you know people are getting vaccinated, uh, COVID restrictions are being loosened, uh, they're starting to get back into the swing of things with with camps and things like that for for kids and adults. Correct? Uh, yeah, there are there are some for adults, but mostly for kids. I mean, that's that's really the Arts Council's focus is on uh, children, and they you know like you said. Everything shut down last year because of COVID. So, I mean, the Arts Council, they, you know, followed suit. They didn't do any. They, you know, for, for I can't remember, like eight or nine months, I mean, it was just virtual exhibits, uh, maybe even longer than that, I think. Um, just, you know, they would basically just have someone taking pictures of, they would still hang stuff in the gallery, you know, only allowing, you know, one or two in at a time to hang their uh, pieces of artwork. But, you know, instead of people being allowed to come in, you know, it's basically one person going around, you know, taking pictures of the different artwork and then put it together on a slideshow and post it online. I mean, that was the extent of their exhibits over the over, you know, the COVID year. But they started to uh, get uh, get a little bit back to normal. Uh, February, I believe, is when they actually held their first like official class for for children. And I mean, this is something that they normally do, you know, I mean, especially during any sort of uh, break from school, uh, weekends, some evenings. I mean, and a lot of these kids, it's, you know, a, a lot of them, this is, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, child care for some of the parents, you know, it's just a way for them to, you know, pay, you know, pay. it's not an outrageous n- uh, amount of money that they charge. I mean, some of the classes are low as 15 bucks and, you know, kid gets to go there for a couple hours work on some uh artwork you know learn something new hang out with other kids you know you know kids that they might not see if they don't go to the same school together uh you get kids from all over the parish in this so i mean yeah it's it's something that they they really try to push and uh you know during the summer that's usually their busiest time because they have camps going on you know around the clock and you know uh, a couple weeks ago they were able to have their first 
official in-person camps again. So, I mean, it was just, you know, just another sign that things are getting back to normal. And, you know, that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of the theme for a lot of my lifestyle stuff is just, you know, getting back to normal, uh, after, after last year, because most things were canceled. So, uh, and that'll kind of lead into the next story about vaccines. Yes, yes. Hey, look at look at <laughs> you at that, making the bridge. That's I, listen, hey. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah. this this is exactly <laughs> the bridge that I was going to make. So, and it is the front page story uh, for Thursday. The lottery is open uh, for people who have been vaccinated to apply. Um, you know, there's a or big... just re... no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no. Uh, yes, yeah, so I guess I'll jump into it. You don't have to be fully vaccinated to register. You have to have at least received one shot to be registered. That is the uh, that is the only stipulate. Well, I guess to be a Louisiana resident too is the other stipulation. But those are the only two stipulations. Yeah, that's something that has kind of been assumed for the last you know several weeks. That you know it's kind of been uh, unkept secret that. Louisiana was going to do a lottery that the governor was looking towards that but his his thing was he wanted to see how it played out in other states and I mean in other states it you know played out fairly well uh, he mentioned Ohio is having uh, a huge increase in vaccinations after announcing their own million dollar lottery and yeah well the million dollar obviously that's the big that's the big jackpot but there's also there's a total of 2.3 million dollars that's going to be given away up until uh, mid-August, I believe August 14th is the last day that they're going to draw. That's along with the million dollars, there's going to be five, I believe five $100,000 giveaways. And then for children, no, excuse me, four. Yeah, that would be four, my math. I don't feel like doing math. But um, then for children, there's going to be nine $100,000 scholarship giveaways. So children, they are eligible to receive the Pfizer vaccine ages 12, to, uh, 12 and up can get that vaccine and you know Moderna you know we talked about that last week they applied for the emergency use to be able to give their vaccine to kids 12 and up so there might be another vaccine that becomes available in the in the coming weeks I uh, should have an announcement at that on that anytime uh you know in the next few days or next week or so but um but yeah that's just another way to you know get more people vaccinated because it's really hit a lag in the next couple of weeks and I'm going to be interested to see how much that jumps up you know the next week you won't really probably see it in the vaccine update this week but i would next week you would probably see if those if the chance of winning you know money has really had an impact on the vaccination numbers so you know like i said we'll wait to see that next week and if you're looking for the specific details you can check them out it's on our website or uh, it'll be on the front page of thursday's paper moving on uh, we're going to be talking about a, a couple other things, but want to go ahead and get the weekly Dennis and Cynthia Perkins update out of the way. So uh, <laughs> if you could go ahead and bring us up to date on what's going on with those two. Yeah. So um, last we talked about it, the judge had denied their request for an appeal uh, or excuse me, to uh, have their trial separated. Uh, Dennis Perkins's attorney has argued that his co-defendant Cynthia Perkins, his ex-wife now, that her testimony will be uh, damning to him, I guess to put it uh, bluntly. So his attorney has been has requested that the judge deny their request. Well, last week, uh, De Dennis Perkins's attorney officially filed a motion for her to reconsider. Uh, it's not another motion to ever just just filed a, a just asked her to reconsider that, and so uh, 
waiting to hear about that about that you said that you saw last i haven't seen yet that uh the judge denied that but you know there's another hearing this friday june 25th that will uh that will also touch on the dennis perkins's attorney's request to push back the trial which i mean this trial has been uh the Attorney General's office has argued that this trial has been pushed back a year already. Uh, Dennis Perkins' attorney is saying that he has another case that is starting that day and uh, some other documents that I haven't gotten written up yet. But the Attorney General's office is arguing that the that the attorney knew about his uh, obligations with Dennis Perkins when he took on this other case that's supposed to start the same day that the Dennis Perkins trial started. Just a lot of back and forth. I didn't realize how much paperwork goes and filing goes into these cases, especially one of this magnitude, um, you know, when, when the two defendants are being charged with a whole 150 total crimes, uh, you know, most, you know, mostly pretty heinous uh, accusations. So, there's a lot of back and forth going on between the defense and prosecutors, but uh, hopefully Friday we'll have some, we'll have, you know, a final ruling from the judge to, you know, whether or not they will be, uh, you know, officially tried together and whether or not the trial gets pushed back. If it doesn't get pushed back, it's supposed to start on July 12th, and then you will be getting all the Dennis and Cynthia Perkins news then, so... There we go. Yeah. That's your weekly update. And that'll, you know, even with the end of the trial, there will still be some things that come after. uh, But we'll be we'll be looking forward uh, to that update when it comes in July uh, or we'll find out this Friday. Uh, At any rate, uh, I believe last but certainly. uh, Well, no, there are a couple of uh, smaller stories that we do need to discuss. Uh, First and foremost, uh, we had a couple of signatures uh, by Governor John Bell Edwards. Uh, one, uh, raising the base amount of unemployment you can get, but further rejecting the federal enhanced unemployment. Yeah. Uh, so a- anything to add to that? I mean, no. I mean, basically, you said it. The uh, it'll start next uh, the first of January first of twenty twenty two. The weekly unemployment benefits going to raise by twenty eight dollars, and it basically ends the the state's uh, federal enhancement that was already that was already set to expire in September. The governor just signed it now. It'll just sign that bill. So now it'll just end, you know, a month earlier, July 31st. So, I mean, that's something that uh, he viewed as a compromise and, you know, that that's a push that a lot of business leaders have been wanting to end that the federal stimulus pack, you know, that, you know, enhance that increase the state's uh, unemployment uh, weekly allotments because a lot of business leaders saying that's discouraging people from going back to work. So um, when, you know, proponents were saying well that means that business leaders should be given livable wages i mean just yeah more back and forth that's what those that's another thing i learned this year is what these sessions are just a lot of back and forth yes. you know that more than me um so so yeah i mean that that was the uh that was the gist of that of that uh signature from the governor gotcha also uh, a couple of things with regard to uh marijuana and uh you know we he had signed this bill later than when we laid out the paper, uh, but the story that got in the paper was the reduction of the penalty mm-hmm. uh, for having a recreational amount of marijuana, and he also uh, has included uh, in inhaled marijuana or smoking marijuana as part of the medical marijuana course. Uh, so that, of course, is a story that we'll we'll look at later. But give us a couple of details on the reduction of penalty. Yeah, no, I mean basically it's uh, for small amounts of marijuana, which uh, categorizes fourteen 
grams or less, people are now subject to a hundred dollar fine instead of being exposed to parish prison jail time. Uh, and yeah, just just a w way there's uh, with especially with a drug that's legal in nearly two dozen states, I think, or, or more than a dozen for sure. I think it's like close to twenty, but um. You know, it's just a way of just removing that penalty that he said, you know, just gives just gives unnecessary penalty, uh, you know, an unnecessary penalty for a crime that isn't seen as a crime. And, you know, what's getting close to half the country. So uh, that's really the uh, the big thing with that. Obviously, uh, you know, you, you uh, had stories about that, the recreational uh, use of marijuana uh, didn't pass this year, but, you know probably going to pass at some point in the future we would imagine you know like especially with the trend that's going on across the country it's kind of the first step to you know get rid of the penalties for having possession of it then you know allowing that recreational use sure and there are some uh, economic benefits to that and and to be quite frank uh, the lsu uh, agriculture department is already growing it so you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean uh at any rate so uh, last, last before we get to a piece of unfortunate news, uh, the Livingston Parish Public Schools are uh, hiring more nurses. Uh, we, we're a few weeks behind on this one. Um, just didn't have enough space. Finally got it in this week. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, the nursing staff had a very difficult year this year. Um, they basically became, uh, I guess, if you will, on top of their duties, you know, of, you know, 10 to 6 kit kids and all that sort of thing they became uh trackers and uh contact tracers and bookkeepers and uh secretary i mean they they basically they were responsible for contact tracing which was the biggest ask anyone involved in the school system that was the most difficult part of last year was dealing with the contact tracing because you could have one kid that could test positive for covid and you had to figure out every kid the, every other kid that that kid was around and you know then then that kid those kids would be quarantined for you know two weeks or whatever it was and um so that became the most difficult part of that so um the nursing staff was already uh kind of pretty understaffed i mean they only had i, I can't remember the exact number the oh they had 28 full-time district nur uh school nurses and so i mean that's not even one at every school but now including when you add the 17 that should should bring the, bring it to 50. I mean, you have some schools that will have more than one there, but you should, you'll, it, uh, it won't be as, they won't be as stretched basically. And so, and the, the good part about this is the, you're hiring 17 new ones. You got to pay 17 new ones, but this will come from some of that ESSER funding that the, that the district just announced that they were getting uh, this, the hiring of school nurses, you know, the health and safety of students, that falls into one of the uh, stipulations for that ESSER funding. So they'll be able to use some of that. And they're also going to, you know, some of the kids, their goal, their hope is to split it. And that, that's why they I believe it's only a one-year contract because their hope is to split it between half, paying for half the cost with ESSER funding and the other half with Medicaid coverage because a lot of the kids that they service are on, uh, qualify for Medicaid. So if they're able to split that, then, you know, shouldn't come make a, a dent in the district's general fund they're hoping to not be able to spend any of their uh general fund money on that they're hoping that it could take care of itself in other uh in other ways and i guess we will find out yeah That's... they will find out That's why they do these things on one-year basis so that they can determine at the end of the year
Uh, so last but certainly not least, um, we did have a fatality over the weekend at Tiki Tubing. Uh, kind of a, I, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to call it a big name, uh, but it is, it, it's somebody that stuck out once they sort of determined uh, who his son was and or is and uh, a star for the LSU baseball team. So bring us up to speed on that one. Yeah, can you all pronounce, I, I didn't follow LSU baseball that much this year. I know how to spell his name, but can, is it Mikhail? Mikhail. Mikhail. Mikhail here, yeah. Um, uh, his father, Keith Hilliard, uh, 53 years old, went Tiki Tubin, he... He died in the Amy River this weekend, the day before Father's Day, too, which that really, uh, that just made it worse, right, in that. Uh, just, I mean, anytime someone dies, obviously, it's devastating, especially when there's someone who's, you know, fairly young. I mean, 53 is not old, and something that, you know, wasn't a health issue. It was just a, a freak accident, basically. And um, he, uh, the reports are, uh, you know, from what witnesses told Sheriff's deputies that he jumped into, he dropped something after his, they launched, uh, they launched from Tiki Tube and he dropped something in the a river, jumped in to get it and did not resurface. And they found his body later and, uh, they, you know, tried to revive him and it failed. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that was just, uh, that was a really rough one to get, uh, just, and especially, like I said, just knowing it's the day before Father's Day. And, um, you know, I saw, uh, a piece that the, uh, that another newspaper, he, he who should not be named, uh, yeah. did on uh, the bond between that father and son, and you know it's just kind of uh, you know you just feel for that for that kid and his whole family. Um, yeah, he's a baseball player, but he's a person first, and I mean lost his dad in you know a terrible way the day before Father's Day. It's just uh, yeah, just a rough rough pill to swallow. It is, and it's a it's a difficult situation. You know, uh, tiki tubing is a is a big source of of tourism for the parish, but people need to understand it's still a very uh, uh, in in some places deep body of water, uh, and it can be dangerous. So please, please, in the future, if you intend to go tiki tubing, especially with your friends, please be careful. Um, please make sure that somebody's staying sober, uh, and please be sure to just understand that there are places where it can get. Um, it can get dangerous, and I, I know what you're about to say. I know yeah. that tox they are going to run toxicology samples, but they don't expect alcohol to yeah, be a that, factor. Yeah, that's just something. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you said be sober because that is usually, you know, you know, I, you know, talked to the fire chief out there uh, for District Five, whom they're in charge of, you know, manning the Amy River. They just got a new boat, you know, because of that, and that's nine times out of ten when they, you know, respond to stuff. That's the issue. Is you know, people are. You know, drinking and being foolish, but they the chair's office made it clear that alcohol is not a suspected factor for this case. It just just sounds like a freak accident. Yeah, uh, and and part of it because I think a lot of people underestimate that yeah. along the tiki tubing route, there are places where it does get deep, especially lately because it's been. I mean, Raining it's been full, it's been the Amy River's been full. I mean, even though we didn't have rain, you know, before the last week's rain. I mean the. Uh, low step. They have been posting, you know, the river le uh, water levels because it, it it's there full right now because we've had a lot of rain over the last couple months. So it is important. Please be careful when you're going to tiki tubing. So, ending the show on a somber note, we're gonna check out here and we're gonna start on the viewers left. So go ahead, sir. Hey, this is Rob D. Arman. I'm sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. And on the right. And this is David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us for this edition of Group Therapy, a podcast, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. 
And please remember that we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. One last time, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we will see you next time.